the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Mark Salem. Sitting next to me is Eddie Caruso. He works for me, and we're having phone problems down at the radio station, and so I apologize that you can't call in. But you, if you have a question, a car question, we can bring you on the air through the back door, so to speak. You would send an email to talk, the number two, Salem. Talk to Salem at AOL.com. Just give us your name and your phone number. We're not going to keep track of your phone number, I promise you. And then Renee's going to call Gil, the engineer, at the station, and he's going to call you back, and then we're going to put you on the air if you want to do that. We're having problems with the phone lines down at the studio. Um, it's just nobody's fault. Nobody does this on purpose, and we're sorry about that. So Eddie and I were talking about good auto repair, and let me tell you about a good auto repair shop in Phoenix. Bob over at Harker's is a really good diagnostician. He's been around the block, and the in my opinion, and this is tongue-in-cheek, the really good diagnostician guys actually have um, gray hair somewhere on their body, usually on their neck or on their mustache or on their head. It's just that we've been around the block, and we've come from points and condensers from the cars in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s to electronic ignition in the mid-70s all the way up into carburetors that had electronic solenoids, then to fuel injection in 1996, and then ABS and electronic control transmissions and all that other stuff. We've walked that path. We've been there, done that. Larry Harker's Autos at 38th Avenue Indian School, been in business since 1967. Bob and Ellen own and operate Larry Harker's Auto, and Ellen works the front counter, and she's the wife of Bob, who's the shop foreman, who is the service manager, and who runs the shop. His job is to run the shop, but even more important than that, he's a great diagnostician. So if you live anywhere near 38th Avenue in Indian School, and you need an oil change or auto electrical work, brake service, auto emissions, vehicle maintenance, or you got a check engine light on, may I suggest that Bob over at uh, Harker's would be a great place to go. So we're talking about asking for your old parts back. Uh And to recap real quick, you ask for your old parts back. The shop's not going to give you the stuff that's going to stink up your car or damage your carpeting. But asking for the old ball joints or asking for the old fan belts or the hoses, asking for the old distributor or the coil, asking for the hard parts back is nothing to be shameful for. You have your old parts, which means the fight is half gone. If the car has the same symptoms, you can go back and say, let's start with you putting my parts back on, my old parts back on, and we'll start over again with a credit for the part. That's right. Although there are some stipulations. Sometimes if there's a core on a part, the customer, they can pay the core charge and keep the the part. Typically what we do is we say, we're not going to send this core back for a month. We're going to put it on our shelf. It's marked with your vehicle, with your invoice number. So you drive it for a month. 
If everything's fine, then we'll go ahead and send the core back before and, it gets lost in the shuffle. And we actually learned that. I actually learned that from another shop. I thought that was a great way to handle it rather than making the customer pay for the core. Uh, basically, we've been charged for $25 for a compressor core, so we'll just hang on to it for 30 days. The end result is, is if you don't hear, if we don't hear from you in 30 days, we're going to assume it's fixed and yes. we're going to turn the core back in. So we lose that ability to put the old part back on it after 30 days. But it should be obvious if we missed it after the 30 days. So ask for your old parts, cars, parts, car. Ask for your old parts back. Now, one of the things I wish people would do more often is, is say, "You said that my lower control arm bushings are bad. Can you take a picture and send it to me?" I'd like a picture before and after. Does that present a problem? Not at all. And here's the, here's what we've done to combat, not combat that, but to accommodate that is a better word. We have a shop phone now. Yep. We have a shop phone. It's an iPhone. And so the technician comes up, gets the iPhone, takes the pictures of before and then after. He And, and most of the times they're going to do a visual where the bearing or the bushing, the lower control arm bushing is on their bench. So the old one's next to the right. new one. <laughs> That's the picture and that means something. And there's a difference. Yeah, yeah. That's what we want to do. So it's kind of everybody has a phone. Everybody can get pictures on their phone. So the idea is, is take a picture of the two parts together. Motor mounts. You take the motor mount, you got the new one, and you got the old one that's in two pieces. I was just going to say that. <laughs> so, and they're both exactly the same. They both have the same holes in the same locations, and they're both the same height, and they sold both the same width, all that stuff. So that's something I wish people would do more often uh -huh. for everybody. And I tell you what, cell phones are a blessing. I remember having to just visually memorize where vacuum lines went, the way the belts were routed, or draw diagrams on my work order. Now you just take your camera, take a picture of it, and you're home free. Because there are so many times you take, you look at the serpentine belt, Okay, I see how it's routed. You take it off, you go to put it back on, and it's either all of a sudden now it's six inches too short or six inches too long. Or in the meantime, the service rider gave you three more cars. This one is not doesn't have to be delivered till tomorrow, so you end up going to three other cars, or you're waiting for parts, or there's all those things that happen. Now, I want to tell on you. Um, not too long ago, you had a two-seater Jaguar in, uh -huh. and it was leaking hydraulic fluid at the top of the windshield over the rear of your mirror, somewhere in that area. Yes. And it had a convertible top. Right. And so you diagnosed it as the hoses that leak from the pump, which is behind the seats. It's, it's actually in the trunk. Right. You have to put these two prefabbed lines in. Otherwise, they already have all the, the bends and the crooks and everything in them. Pretty much. Now, the front seat's out, the passenger seat's out, the carpeting's out, and the entire dashboard is out. Not quite the entire dashboard, but... Okay. Which part of it? Driver's uh, side? The, yeah, the lower portion on the left-hand side. Okay. So, but there's a whole lot of screws sitting on the ground. Mm -hmm. And that's when I start praying that you're not going to die too soon, <laughs> because I have no idea how to put that back together, neither does anybody else. So it was a very exquisite job, but I saw you taking pictures of that. Yeah. And and were you were you doing... Routing of wire harnesses, routing of the old uh, hoses, what were you taking yeah, of? Yeah, the way the hoses were routed. Okay. They, they came in from the right rear area of the trunk forward in front of the rear seat. All right, hold on. It's behind the pass. It's a two-door car. Yes. So it's behind the passenger seat, mm -hmm. and then it goes, it goes towards the dash, but then it makes a left turn. Right, and it goes over the transmission tunnel in front of the rear seats. In front of the driver's seat, or to the back of the driver's seat? Yes. Okay, and then from there it goes forward, 
and goes up the dashboard, up the B, A, or the B pillar, A pillar. A pillar. Okay, the pillar that's to the left of the driver's vision. Right, the one can, on the windshield. Yeah, the one on the windshield. And then from there it goes across the top and connects to the latches or whatever yes. it ran. Okay. So I saw you taking pictures of that, and I was really glad to see that. Because if, <laughs> if something happened, if you were out and somebody ran over you, <laughs> I, I would be concerned about you, but I would be more concerned about the Jaguar that's in your bay. Now, the, one of the problems that we run into is when you start taking a dashboard apart, how many different kinds of screws? Now, when I say screws, I'm talking about a specific kind of screw. It's not likely that we're going to have 40 different kinds of screws. Right. There's going to be brackets. So there's going to be 10 of these and 4 of these and 9 of these, right? Something like that. But they're all different. Right. Some are Phillips head, some are Torx. Some could be a a 10-millimeter, 8-millimeter head. Took the words right out of my mouth. 7-16ths for the the American car, 7-16ths, 3-8ths, 5-16ths, all that stuff. So if you take a picture of all that stuff, then you can put all those screws and bolts in a coffee can. What I used to do is I used to set them where they belonged. Or I'd take the part off and put the screws back in the holes. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't work all the time. So you have to take them out anyway. Because right. it doesn't clear the dashboard when you drop down this thing with the two-inch screws sitting in it. So those kind of create the problem. But the phone does take that yeah. take that away. So you ask for your old parts back. Estimates. I'll deal with estimates because I deal with that all the time. The estimates shouldn't be more than they told you. Shouldn't be. Right. If there was a problem, then the service writer should have called you up and said, hey, we found this, we need to do this, and I'm going to add X amount of dollars to your estimate. That should have happened. In my world, this is just my world, there is no way I'm going to accept an estimate, a a bill that's one penny over the estimate. I'm just not going to accept it. It's just we're capable, and I'll tell you why I know we're capable, because we've been doing that for 25 years. It's a matter of taking the parts, all your known parts, and all your known labor, and adding those together, and adding between 10 and 15% to that bill. 10% covers sales tax. Then you've got shop supplies and environmental charges, and you got those covered at the numbers of 10 to 15%. So if we have $300 worth of parts and labor, 10% right? is $3, $30 on $300, and 15% would be another half of that. So you take 45 bucks and add to it. You're always going to come in under your estimate, always. And there's no excuse not to. Now, every once in a while, they'll make a mistake in the addition or something like that. Or the technician said, I thought I ordered wiper blades. and so. But most of the little stuff we got covered already because right. we've overbid it. So coming in under your estimate, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot, but if you don't have a good answer, it's because I put you on the spot. What wads my panties up the most more than being over the estimate? <laughs> well, short of damage in a customer's car. Oh, I'm not sure. Okay. I mean, there are so many wadable <laughs> issues. <laughs> no, there is. Um, not too long ago, we were working on a 68 Mustang, and uh-huh. and they didn't put it in park, and it rolled backwards into the wall oh, okay, and took yeah. out the quarter panel. And this guy, he was the original owner of it, and he wanted to sell it. He was yes. a good customer yes. of ours. Man, we, we were we were screwed. That's all there was. I mean, this car had been unmarked, unwrecked its whole life, and we just crashed it. Mm-hmm. So I said to him, I'll fix it. I'll fix it to your complete satisfaction, or I'll buy it. <laughs> I didn't have any other choice. 
uh, we just had that. Right. That was our only sure. Now, he wanted to be involved in the repair process, and I was fine with that. And his concern was, is will a magnet still go over the metal, or is the Bondo going to be two inches right. thick? And, in fact, he got to look at the car through the process, and clearly the Bondo was maybe as thick as two pieces of paper because the metal guy was so good right. in bringing that back out. And reforming it. And reforming it. And he took pictures of it so he could tell the prospective buyer this just recently happened, and the repair shop screwed it up. So those are the kinds of things that, that I don't like. But I really like it when the customer comes back in, uh, and says, I'm here for an oil change, but I just want to let you know that they fixed my air conditioning, you know, six months ago and nothing, it's been, it's better than it ever has been before. So those kinds of things are kind of important to me. So the, the successes, and I'm really proud of my guys because they, they do, um, such a great job in, and in, in the one, two, three, four, five, get the symptoms, do the right diagnostics, make absolutely sure your repair is the valid one, order the parts. Go fix the car and not create anything new. Correct. <laughs> That's the key for me. Don't create anything new. So you go into the dash, you fix the leak, but all of a sudden the wipers don't work. Or all of a sudden the air, the brake lights don't work because you forgot to plug in the brake light switch or something like that. So the key is, is go in, fix it, but not create anything new. And cars are pretty sophisticated. So going in underneath the dashboard of a Jaguar, a Mercedes, a BMW, a Chevrolet, a Ford, a Chrysler on the today's cars, uh-huh. I'm thinking it's a little bit more difficult than going inside the human body where you kind of know where all the parts are at. <laughs> right. And, and in your chest, there might be only, what, 10 parts? <laughs> and, and really underneath the dash, there's thousands yes. of wires and screws and pieces and all that. Now, we don't command the dollars that heart surgeons do. And they'll say to me, Mark, we're different than you. You know why they're going to say that? Because we work on it while it's running. That's exactly right. They say, we're going to work on your car while the heart's running. (laughs) You're not going to be able to work on the car when the car's running. And my response is, is, no, that's not true. We do a lot of our diagnostic and repair when the car is running. Yes. We do some of it. But we certainly don't replace the water pump when the car's engine is running. I mean, that's not going to be possible. So, all righty. Talk to Salem, T-A-L-K to Salem at AOL.com. Um, give me your name and your phone number, and that will get to the radio station, and they'll call you, and we'll get you on the air. But right now, phone folks, we've got uh, problems with the phone system. And ironically enough, we're talking back and forth through a 56K line, which is a, a big, big deal. That's how we're doing the radio show, because we're remote. Uh-huh. So we're 10 miles away from the radio station. So the interesting part that people always interested in, and I don't, We've had a radio station in our auto repair shop since 1994. Yes. And and so we've always broadcast from here. And it's just more comfortable because I don't have to uh, shave this morning. <laughs> I, I like it better. We'll be back right after this. Now you have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Automotive was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online directory. They're proud of their A-plus rating. Thunderbird Automotive has ASE certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Automotive offers a free courser inspection on every vehicle, the same one that some charge $49 for. 
They now offer a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have to stop in to Thunderbird Automotive at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird, just west of the 101. For more information, visit them online at ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird, just west of the 101. Forever My Girl is a modern-day prodigal son story. Country music star Liam Page never got over Josie, his one true love he left at the altar. But when he returns to his hometown years later, he's faced with the consequences of all he left behind. Why'd you leave my mama? I was young. I got lost. But you found your way back now, right? Find your way back home in the film NBC Raves will make you laugh, cry, and fall in love. Forever My Girl. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Now playing. Selfless service is the guiding principle that drives Army National Guard soldiers to be always ready whenever disaster strikes. They are your next-door neighbors and your colleagues in schools, offices, and factories. To be a Guard soldier is to stand ready to serve at all times for family, for community, and for country. To learn more, log on to NationalGuard.com or contact an Army National Guard recruiter in your area. Sponsored by the Arizona Army National Guard. Aired by the Arizona Broadcasters Association and this So, Justin, I was playing that video game Forest Brigade, and it was pretty cool. I was running down this, like, digital path, and I met this digital frog, and he was all like... And I went playing in this virtual stream where this water... It looked almost real. It was this whole electronic forest world. So what did you do? Well, my parents took me to the forest. The real forest. Where I was running down this... Well, it was an actual path. Then I saw this real-life frog. It was all, like... Ribbit, and I saw an owl too. Then I played in this amazing stream with water around my ankles, like wet water. Then me and my sister and my parents sat around a campfire and told cool stories all night long. Oh, that's uh, pretty cool too. This weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Patriot app tip number six. Find the latest articles from Town Hall, Hot Air, or even the most recent posts from Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Dennis Prager, and more. All on the Patriot app news feed. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Got an iPhone, BlackBerry, or smartphone? Download the Patriot app for your phone. Just go to your app store or log on to 960thepatriot.com today. Welcome back, everybody. I'm sorry we're having problems with the phone lines, and uh, there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing Gil can do about it. There's nothing that any of us can do about it until we find the problem and able to fix the bad connection or whatever happened. And for all we know, they could have dug up a phone line down at the end of the street, and that caused a problem. The phone line's not on my end. It's uh, The problem is on the radio station's end, and unfortunately, that's going to affect programming for the rest of the day. But anyway, I want to tell you about Strictly Diesel Service and Repair. It's exactly what the name is, Strictly Diesel Service and Repair. They're at I-17 and Pinnacle Peak in North Scott, or North Phoenix, I should say. They are a good shop that they provide really good service for diehard diesel people in the service, the repair, and the parts industry. They work on both foreign and domestic light-duty diesels. So that's that includes some cars. 
but they're strictly diesel, like their name says. They're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and they also sell parts 24 hours a day at their website, Strictly Diesel. And you can get more information from my Best Car Repair Shops list under the diesel settings, and that's on our website, MarkSalem.com. So if you're looking for a good auto repair shop, um, you can find transmission shops, paint and body shops, um, mechanical repair shops, stuff like that on our website. And these are shops that I recommend because I've already thoroughly vetted them. Okay. What was I going to ask you? About customers. Go ahead. About customers you might not like to deal with? That's, that's an easy one for me to answer. Um, and, and it's no secret that customers... Um, aren't going to get along with the business, and the business aren't going to get along with customers. But not, not 100%, no. And you have to realize that sometimes a customer has a bad day, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so does Mark. Yeah. <laughs> it usually starts with a customer's <laughs> bad day. But nevertheless, um, I, I don't like the guys that come in and want to dictate the report, the repair, uh-huh. but want to hold me uh, or my shop or my wallet um, responsible for the success of the repair. Right. And do you, do you know how I handle that? No, I don't. I give them a triple estimate. So if replacing the distributor is what they want to do, and let's say it's $100 normally, I bid it at 300 And that drives them away. I don't have to tell them I'm not going to do what they want me to do. I'm just going to bid it high. I'm going to chase them away with a bid. Because... If that doesn't work, they don't want to pay for the repair, even though they're dictating the repair. Uh-huh. So I'm not I'm not playing that game. Women never do that. And sometimes, well, I say never. Every once in a while, a woman will come in and tell me what her husband wants to do. And I'll explain to her that that's a bad idea. Same thing as going on the Internet, and this is what my car needs. Oh, that's a problem. That's a problem. And, and I think the answer to that, I think I've been able to fine-tune that answer. You're going to spend your hard-earned money on a guess from someone you have no idea who they are, where they're from, or the level of their skills. No more than if somebody said you have heartburn and to drink a gallon of gas. That's pretty stupid. But there's all kinds of people out there. Uh, And I'll give you plenty of time. I myself go to the Internet to look and see. Just to look and see. So I'm faced with a problem with a still still, uh, chainsaw not too long ago. Okay. And so I go on the Internet, and I check to see what everybody says. Well, it doesn't start, so let's put a coil in it. Let's put a spark plug in it. You might have to put a new piston and rings because it doesn't have enough compression. The muffler or the um, spark arrestor could be plugged up. Right, with carbon. Yeah, so it's a fuel or a spark or an exhaust or an intake. The air filter's dirty. They're all guesses. Or the carburetor could be falling off of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and make fun of me. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, what happened was is I I found an old blower at the shop, and it was a Poulin, P-O-U-L-A-N, L-O-N or something, and they make fun of it. They don't even make it anymore, but they made fun of it because on a Poulin, all you did is spend your time pulling on it. So I took it up to the ranch because I needed a blower. And uh, I'm a mechanical guy. I can fix anything except the crack of dawn and a broken heart. So intermittently, this thing would start first time, every time. And then intermittently, I could pull on that thing until my next birthday, and I couldn't get that thing running. And I worked on that thing for two months. And I did what everybody else did. I got on the Internet. But nobody had the answer. So I thought it has to be the carburetor. So I put a carburetor on it for $45 through Amazon, and that was a waste of my money. 
But I was pulling on it one day, and I saw the carburetor move. So I thought, I know I tightened that carburetor up. Well, folks, the carburetor's attached to the cylinder on a two-stroke motor, and the cylinder's attached to the engine block. And the inside of the engine block is part of what a two-stroke motor starts and runs with. Is that fair? Yes. Okay. So I figured out that the carburetor was moving because the whole cylinder was moving, so I took the cowling, all the plastic off of the motor area, and lo and behold, the two bolts that hold the cylinder to the engine block had backed off. And I'm thinking to myself, how can that cause an intermittent problem? So I take a real thin-walled 8mm, and I drop it down the two slots, and I tighten up the two holes. And not only is that blower fixed, but my wife, that's her favorite one because it starts on the first pull. Of course, it has a new carburetor on it. (laughs) (laughs) So, but you know what? Nowhere did I ever find that on any expert on the Internet. Right. I, n- I never found. Somebody said, hey, the cylinder came loose. And and no one ever came up with an intermittent problem like I had. Sometimes it would start on the full pull, and sometimes you could pull it until you were dead, and it wouldn't start. But now I can explain that. Right. You have firsthand knowledge now. Right. And it's the same way. I'll take you another good example is the big truck I have, the Volvo, uh-huh. the dashboard. It goes out. You call 20 different shops, and they all got a different idea. But well, I already know what's wrong with it because I've already replaced the dash for the same problem before. It's the instrument cluster. Uh-huh. So now I went on the Internet and I sent a bunch of emails to all these places that repair instrument clusters to see if they can repair this $2,900 instrument panel I'm faced with. So that's what the last one cost me. And can they do it? I, I got emails out. Okay. So I did that last night late. So and, the, I mean, that kind of stuff happens to us, too. The cluster was working a week ago, and all of a sudden we didn't do anything, and... You turn the key on, and we got nothing. That's not the truth. It's, the cluster was working fine until you went out and worked there. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind that you were working on the back of the hitch. Never mind you were putting uh, weather stripping on the compartments. On the so, this is a semi-truck we're talking about, folks. Yeah, I haul, I haul my equipment, my backhoes, and my tractors and stuff on it. So you were working on that whole thing, fixing air leaks underneath the dash and everything else, and it was working fine until you touched it. And so I think I may just put $2,800 on your trolls. <laughs> but I had that problem before, so uh-huh. I walked that path. So it's, I know it's not your fault. All righty, we'll be back right after this talking about cars. Our phone lines are down. I'm sorry. That's the best I can offer you. Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating, and they're also recommended by GarageFly. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates, and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint, and it's waterborne paint, so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. The following is a paid political announcement. Are you ready to make America great again? 
That was Phil Lovis at the Trump rally in Prescott weeks before the election. While the liberal media said Trump didn't stand a chance, Phil Lovis was the first Arizona legislator to endorse Donald Trump and become the statewide chairman for the presidential campaign. Phil Lovis was a conservative leader in the state legislature, pro-life, supports tax cuts, and defending the Second Amendment. I'm Phil Lovis. I'm running for Congress to support the president's agenda and drain the swamp. That means term limits and ending pensions for members of Congress, like I did for Arizona legislators. I'll protect American jobs and fund a strong military. And even though it angers the liberal media, we need to build a wall and protect our southern border. And know this, I'll stand up for the West Valley and support our president. Bill Lovis, with Trump early, with President Trump now. Paid for by Lovis for Congress. I'm Phil Lovis, and I approve this message. Take an ordinary putty knife and scrape off the old wax ring. Place the new wax ring over the flange, then line up the bolts with the bowl and gently set in place, making sure a proper seal is created with the flange and drain. Next. Um, Dad? Uh, yeah, sweetie. Is that an old plumbing manual? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, honey. We really need to get some new books. Right. Um, do you, do you want me to stop? Nah, I kind of want to know how it ends. Okay. Tighten the bolts, line up the flushing valve to the opening in the top of the bowl, and secure the tank with a screwdriver and crescent wrench. <laughs> the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. If you listen to this radio station for 24 hours straight, you'd hear about a quarter of a million words. And thousands of those words every day come from listeners like you. No one values your opinion more than we do. And when you support our advertisers, you turn words into actions. We know you're not always going to agree with us, but we wouldn't be here without you. So we thank you for listening and supporting our advertisers. 960 The Patriot, a Salem Media Group station. Patriot app tip number seven. Not only is the app the best place to listen to your favorite Patriot shows and podcasts, but look out for special contests, giveaways, and even scratch games right at your fingertips. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Become a fan of 960 The Patriot on Facebook or follow us on Twitter today. Just go to 960thepatriot.com for more information. All about that demon automobile, the metal monster with the polyglass wheels and results of the dream of Henry Ford. Well, well welcome back, everybody. My name is Mark Salem. Sitting next to me is Eddie Caruso, and we're both here. Just talking about cars in front of you because right now um, our phone lines are dead, and they have been now for almost three hours. So I want to apologize um, for that. I also want to tell you about Action Auto Repair because if Tom from Action was down there at the station, he'd fix this problem. But anyway, Tom from Action Auto is a good friend of mine. He's located at I-17 and Deer Valley Road. He's on the northwest corner of that intersection. He's a full-service, family-owned auto repair shop that served the Deer Valley and North Phoenix area since 1983. And whatever your repair needs are, Tom and his staff are well-known for being able to communicate with you and get your car fixed. And they're also capable of, like many of us are, of telling you that we aren't the best guy for your problem and then recommending you talk to this shop because we know they're better than, than we are on your particular car. 
So Tom, again, is at I-17 in Deer Valley. He has ASC Master Certified Technicians. He's got a BMW Master Tech there that works there. So if you have a Beamer and you're looking for somebody who knows Beamers inside and out, then Action Auto Repair would be a place I would go, like I said, up there on I-17 in Deer Valley. It's Action Auto Repair. Okay. Well, hey, I'm going to stand up for myself and if with your Volvo. Yes, okay. I was working on the doors. Yeah. I was Actually, yes, I was working underneath the dash and to the right of the, the cluster. So if it's my fault, then, uh, you know, I'll stand up and I'll take the blame. But I'm going to use your words that we don't know whose fault it is until we know what <laughs> it is. You're exactly right. I do use those words all the time. You're exactly right. Folks, the background, for those of you that may have just tuned in, is is that uh, I have a big truck. I have a semi. And its name is Clifford. Clifford, the big red truck. The big red dog. Yeah, Clifford, the big red dog. And um, and I asked Eddie to do some stuff for me while I was out of town. Um, I asked him to put new weather stripping on the doors of the box, the utility box on the back. I asked you to fix a couple of air leaks underneath the dash that caused the rear end to sag. Um, I asked you and Alan to have the hitch area in the rear bumper undercoated with the black stuff. Bedliner. Bedliner, okay. thank you. And... Uh, I think that was about it. Yep. So at the end of the day, um, the instrument cluster, the whole dashboard went crazy on us. The gauges were flapping around and all that kind of stuff. And so I was teasing you by saying, it's your fault because you're the last one that touched my truck. And it's a, it, the last time I had to buy an instrument cluster was like 2900 bucks. And I was talking about how I'm trying to shortcut that circuit and find somebody who might be able to fix my instrument cluster then rather than pay $3,000 for a new one. And so, um, and you're right. Uh, I say to customers and I say to the technicians, no one knows whose fault it is until it, quote, unquote, it has been found and fixed. Right. So it's, it's not uncommon for me to be faced with that at least probably once a month where a customer will come in and say, you, you know, you changed the oil in my car. Now my air conditioning doesn't work. Well, we have to figure out how the air conditioning doesn't work before we can say whose fault it is. Because it could have been our fault. Can you right. think of a way an oil change would have caused the air conditioning to quit? Absolutely. If we have to reach up in there and grab the oil filter and we knock the connector off of either the high-pressure switch or the connector on the compressor clutch coil. Absolutely. Absolutely. We could have easily done that, but we don't know. So it's not like we can't say it's not our fault till we know right. what it is. And so we have to, under those circumstances, we have to diagnose it for free. But... Under the situation where the car was in on Monday and the car is back on Tuesday, that typically indicates everything we need to know. Right. It's it's something we probably caused. Yeah. If they come, if it's the middle of the summer and they come back two weeks later and say, "Now my AC is not working after you did my oil change two weeks ago," it's a little bit suspect. Right. Because it's been two weeks and you just found out your air conditioning working is July. Right. So that's. But it, it can even go the other way too. Say it's the beginning of fall and they don't have to use their air conditioning because we had a you know, kind of a cool spell, and all of a sudden it heats up again, and three weeks later, yeah, they need to use their air conditioning to turn it on, and it's not working. And but we were the last one to work on it. Um, it's funny, because I'm a sensuous guy. Uh-huh. They said, since you was working on my car, yeah. this isn't working anymore. Yeah. No, you're right. Ever right. since you was working on my car. Yeah. No, it, it happens. Mm -hmm. But like I said, now, the same thing. Ever since you worked on my car, the air conditioning doesn't, uh, doesn't work, and so we find the hoses blown off the back of the compressor, or we find a bad leak, or we find out the low-pressure switch has shut the system down because it doesn't have enough Freon in it. Those are answers. Yep. We didn't suck the, air, the Freon out of your car. 
you know, it is what it is. We didn't touch your air conditioning. Or or your switch is bad. Look here, I can feed power to the compressor and get it, the, 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 the accumulator to get cold. Mm-hmm. So the switch underneath the dash is bad. So we have to go back in there. We'll get it and take it out and fix it for you, but we're not going to pay for it. But like I said, we have to diagnose it first before we can determine. So we're going to have to spend a little bit of time before we can say it's not our fault. Right. Because it could easily be our fault. So those are the kinds of things. Now, pay with a credit card or cash or a check? Credit card always. Why? Because that way you, you basically you can dispute that charge if the repair isn't uh, what you thought it was going to be. The, the credit card company is going to be working on your behalf. Well, not only, yeah, you're right about that. Here's the issue. The issue is I can't tell Master Charge MasterCard and Visa and Discover and all those com- I can't tell them to go pound sand because 98% of the customers use a credit card. So I can't tell them, to, oh, forget it. I'll just cut the cord on this machine. Then what am I going to do? So with a credit card, you have an opportunity to, to, to gauge the success of, success of the repair. That's the easy part. Uh, you can't do that with a check, and you can't do that with cash. But most shops are going to stand up, and they're not going to look to see how you paid your bill. But it does give you an added layer of protection. Yes. So I remember a, a customer having a transmission overhauled for a specific symptom, and the transmission didn't fix it. The shop said tough. So the customer went and had another shop look at it, and there was a bad wiring harness that went to this transmission. So they replaced the harness, and the problem was solved. So that $1,800 overhaul had nothing to do with this. So they stopped payment, or they asked the, the credit card to back charge them. Then they went to court. The judge found in the in the customer's favor. And so when Master Charge and Visa got that documentation, they said, we're not, we're, we're not going to um, – he's going to keep the money. Right. And um, and it's it's that's not what it's supposed to be. So it's that kind of a thing. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more common sense about car repair. We'll be right back. If you had the ability to reanimate one of the founding fathers and showed Ben Franklin or John Adams how flippantly this current generation takes free speech, they would never stop throwing up. The freedom to think and speak candidly about one believes is being opposed and in some cases eliminated. And the once prized American tenet of free speech is under attack everywhere. It's No Safe Spaces coming to Grand Canyon University Arena, February 27th. A raucous evening of laughs, insight, and unfiltered commentary with Dennis Prager and Adam Carolla. Tackling the problematic decay of free speech from the perspective of two men who make their living with their words and be a part of history as the event is filmed for their No Safe Spaces movie. Tickets at 960thepatriot.com. And don't miss out on the limited VIP meet and greet tickets while they last. No Safe Spaces, February 27th at Grand Canyon University. Tickets at 960thepatriot.com. You're never too old, too wacky, too wild to pick up a book and read with a child. This is Andrew Morrill, president of the Arizona Education Association. Reading to your child now can spark a lifetime of reading and learning. Parents, we know you're tired at the end of a long day, but by taking just a few minutes to read with your child, you'll be setting them on a path towards reading and learning on their own. And studies show students who read and are read too do better in school and in life. So have books that interest your child around your home. If your child enjoys sports, have books about sports. If your child enjoys ballet, have books about dancing. With parents and teachers working together, Every child in Arizona can learn to read. And reading may be the most important thing they'll ever learn. 
A message from the Arizona Education Association. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Mark Salem. Sitting next to me is Eddie Caruso, and both of us uh, have quite a few years' experience. When did you first start working on cars? Was it a gas station that you got your start? And what year was that? That was in 1985. Okay. I started as a gas pump jockey in 1968 when gas was 27, 29, and 31. And I started on the self helping people on the self serve island. Uh-huh. Then they moved me to the full service island where you had to check hood. Then I got to do tire repairs. Then I did oil changes, and from there I just kind of blossomed. Uh, Ken Vivian, who's who's now deceased, was my first boss, and he taught me a lot. He I, I owe a lot to him. Um, then from there, um, I graduated high school, became a policeman for about ten years, and then I left there to be car guy again so in 1979 we opened up a gas station again but i owned it this time and then we opened up uh salem boys in 1994 um and that's i think you you were with us since 19 1989 89 okay so um, we're talking about cars and uh speaking about cars let me tell you about a good repair shop uh, up on i-17 in bell and that's kurt's auto repair kurt's auto repair Jeff and Eric are two master technicians. One of them is a service writer, and one of them runs the shop. Frankly, folks, they have pulled a rabbit out of their hat as much as anybody I know because they're clear across town from my shop, and so when someone asks me for some help that's anywhere near I-17 and Bell, I'm happy to send them to Kurtz. And Kurtz, again, um, creates the telephone call that I really enjoy that I took my car to Kurtz and this is what they did and they fixed my problem and they were good guys and a pleasure to do business with so if you live near I-17 in Bell then uh, Kurtz who's been around since 1987 he works on domestic import both gas and diesel and he's a good guy and his staff are good people so we've been through ask them if we're guessing with my money or yours Uh and we went through stuff that uh, is appropriate to guess for the shop to guess um, we went through how to pay for it and why to ask for your old parts. Right. So what distinguishes the kind of customer that walks in the door that we all, that that everybody likes? Well, I mean, I mean it's... You haven't it, been on the front counter much, but let me answer yeah. some of it. First of all, the customer that comes in and gives you the symptoms. That's yes. kind of an important consideration. Right. Um, give me the symptoms. Tell me what it's doing. Give me as much information as you can, but don't bend my ear for 20 minutes. And, I'll, and I'll, you know, I'll disseminate what I feel I need to know, but give me everything that you can give me. And let's have dialogue. Right. So let's let's give and take. I have a vibration. The next question I'm going to ask you, and, and I'll tell you, I'm going to kind of tutor horn real quick. Her birthday's tomorrow. Yep. And um, my daughter, Andy, she has uh, been around this business since she was 11. And she has front counter skills that many men don't have. So she's good at the give and take. Yes. And women endear themselves to her because she's good at the give and take. Her title is CEO. She runs the operation. But in reality, she's been around cars most of the then longer than most of the guys that work for me yes. have been uh, around cars. So she likes that give and take. I have a vibration. Okay, well, stop there. Does it wiggle the steering wheel or the seat of your pants? Ah, uh, and they answer, all the time or some of the time? Oh, it's speed-related. Oh, is it speed-related or is it idle? No, it's idle. Uh-huh. So so she's honing in on the vibration. 
I've already given you two big clues. <laughs> it only happens at idle, and it shakes the steering wheel. Tell me where you're going. Well, it's it you're be... the technician that I just dispatched that to. Well, I would I would would rather you let me go for a ride with the customer first. A- absolutely, but I'm going to duck that okay. because all right, I'm putting the the car vibrates. Okay. Um, and it shakes the steering wheel. Okay. And uh, it's stopped. Is it in gear or? or... Out of gear. That's the question she would have asked. Right. Because if it's in gear, it's a... So we're looking at an engine mount. And motor mount. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if it's in neutral... Then it could... And it's vibrating the steering wheel? Yeah. Well, it... it um, could, wait, let me change it, though. Maybe she said steering wheel, but she meant the entire car or this dashboard area. Or okay. She, the steering wheel shaken, but she didn't put her hand on the dash. She didn't put her hands on the passenger seat. Those are the kinds uh-huh. of things. So those are the kinds of we need to weed out. But that kind of give and take is so important. Oh yes. So it's it's does it do it fast or slow? Does it have anything to do with the temperature? Is it within the first five minutes of war- of, of driving your car cold, or is it after it fully heats up? Um, does the air conditioning when it stops blowing? Does it stop blowing? <sighs> Or does it stop blowing cold? Right. <laughs> so we have to ask those tough questions because everybody has a perception right. on what we're asking. Right. Them. And when the customer says it won't start, okay, are you saying that it will crank, but it won't start? Okay. But or it doesn't crank at all? I know you use the term catch. Yeah. And and, and I'm trying to use words. Cranking, they, a lot of times they don't understand crank. So I go, does it go, ruh, 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 and it doesn't catch, doesn't start? Or when you hit the key, no noise happens. So it's kind of to reduce it to something because a lot of people don't have the car experience that we have. So when they come in and say that it doesn't start, you have to ask them, does it crank over and not catch, not start? Or when you say it doesn't start, when you hit the key, there's no noise, there's no click, there's no rrr, 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 rrr. Those are, I mean, it's two different things completely. Completely. So if it goes and it doesn't start, it's spark or fuel. Correct? Correct. All right. If it doesn't crank, how many things can it oh, be? Yeah. It Keys? starts from the ignition switch to. Go ahead. Well, actually, we'll start with the battery. Okay. The battery to the battery cable. Okay. To the cable on the terminal. Okay. Up to the, the fuse box, to the ignition switch, to the neutral safety switch. We have to follow the electricity. Right. Battery through the electrical circuit comes up through the fuse blocks, feeds the key switch, then it goes through the park neutral switch, then it goes to the solenoid, and right. it might go through a brake switch because you're supposed to have your foot on the brake or whatever. Yeah, because now nowadays there's just a button on a lot of the cars on the dash. You just press and it starts. Right. And it will. You press it once and it will crank for. If it's not going to start, it will crank for ten seconds trying to get it. And there's nothing you can do to stop it from from cranking. That's right. That's Same right. thing with some of the ones that have the conventional ignition switch. You turn it to run. You could just tap it and release it. It's just going to sit there and go until it starts or it won't start. And and those are the things we need. Right. That's the information we need. Is that's part of the give and take part of all of that. Um, let me tell you about a give and take. Thompson's Auto Repair is in Mesa. Not too long ago, they had an air conditioning issue, and it was something that he asked for a second opinion on, and so we looked at it for him. And between the two of us, we got the car fixed. Okay. But what happened was, is the customer gave. What we, what we think is two different stories, but we don't think it was on purpose. We just think the question was answered differently. 
So we were working on this end of the air conditioning, but he was working on the other end. And when we decided that we're working on west and he's working on east, we needed to figure that out. So another conversation with the customer cleared that up. So the car got fixed. But it's one of three people made that mistake. Me, Thompson's, or the customer. Right. (laughs) And it's not important who made the mistake. It's just that we overcame it. So that conversation is important. So the customer answering the questions and asking give or take. So we have to have give or take on air conditionings. We have to have give or take on dying and stalling. Right. So when you come up to a traffic light, remember this. I'm going to give you these symptoms. Every time I get off the freeway, the engine dies. Okay. I'm standing here. I'm the customer. What type of vehicle is it? It's a, a it's a General Motors front wheel drive. Okay. <laughs> I'm feeding you this tip. <laughs> okay. I all got right. it. All right. But all right, let me do. I'll be the customer. Or I'll be. I'll, I get off the freeway and it's dead. Um. It. it when I come to a stop, it dies. Uh-huh. And then I I put it in a park and I start it up and it starts. The main engine runs fine. Okay. Then I put it in drive and it dies again. And it, I do that three or four times. The people behind me are honking at me, and I can't get the car to move. It starts and runs until I put it in a drive, and then it just shuts off. Okay. Explain it. Well, there's a lock-up soling for the torque converter. Uh, in the transmission. In the transmission. And it's locked it into gear. Right. It, it, is, it has locked the engine to the transmission. Yep. Just the same as if you had a manual transmission, and you didn't depress the clutch to disengage the engine from the transmission. So the feeling that they left out was, as I'm coming up off the on-ramp, or off the exit ramp on the freeway, as I start to approach the stop with my foot on the brake, it feels like I'm coming to a stop in fourth gear on a manual transmission without pushing in the clutch. Yes. Da, 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 and it's dead. So in reality, the, the, the transmission is locked to itself, not to the motor, because it still cranks over and it still runs. But when you put it into drive, it's direct drive. Yes. There's no transmission in there. When you put it into drive, and then people will say, well, finally, I'll just rev the heck out of it, throw it into drive, and burn the tires, and all of a sudden, it's fine. And they've just jerked the converter. Uh-huh. Now, how many of those did we see before we ever figured that out? And they, it was intermittent, too. Yeah. And it only happened when we got off the freeway. So I remember Al Kitts, God bless him, he's still alive, but he was a mentor of mine. Oh, man, he owned a a car repair shop called Kitts Automotive. He was a stud. I'll tell you two stories about him. So he says, just disconnect the TCC, the torque converter lockup um, wire harness right here and have him drive it for a day or a week or a month. I'm going to tell you right now, the the problem's going to go away. Okay, Al. So I did. Every problem went away. Every single uh-huh. one of them went away. Every single one of them. So then you go in and you replace the TCC switch. Isn't that what we did? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we replaced the switch. When I was first in the gas station business, I own a gas station, we did a water pump on a Ford. And we couldn't get it to stop overheating. It didn't come in for an overheat. It didn't come in for that. It came in for a water leak. So we did replace the water pump, and we couldn't get it to stop overheating. City driving, highway driving, fast, slow, AC off, AC on, and it was never a situation that had anything to do with the water pump. And we couldn't fix it. We did head gaskets for free. We did a radiator for free. We redid the water pump for free. I spent a thousand bucks on that car. Wow. 
and I, I we could never figure it out. And around town, it wasn't too bad, but you get on the freeway, you could go three miles, and that gauge would peg. And we put a fan clutch on it. This was like, I don't know, 89 Grand Marquis or something like uh-huh. that. It was an F car. I want to remind <laughs> you of that, an F car. So um, I finally just give up, and I drive it over to Al's. And I said, this is what I've done. I just told him what I told you. So he, he's a pop the hood, and he walks over, and he fixes it. And he shuts the hood, and he goes, there you go, son. And I said, come on. He goes, I just fixed it. So I didn't believe him. And I was so brokenhearted. So I get on the freeway, and I got to drive three miles to my place. So I get on the freeway, and I decide to go to Williamsfield Road. And from there, I went down to Riggs Road. And from there, I got halfway to Cass Grand, and the gauge not over, got over half. He fixed it. He fixed it in the time it took me to open the hood, count to 10, and close it. Any idea? Wow. No. Okay. There's a thermo switch next to the um, thermostat, uh-huh. and it has three ports. The middle one's the distributor, and the top one is vacuum all the time, and the bottom one's no vacuum. It's an emissions control device. We had switched those vacuum lines inadvertently. We didn't put them back on right. So the distributor would never advance. So at highway speeds, it never had any advance, which means it overheated. He switched three vacuum lines. And from then on, he walked on water as far as I, cause I was concerned. He was a stuff. And he still is. He, he just, him and his brother Alvin, it was Al Kitts and his brother Alvin. Those are guys that were mentors of mine. Bob Stewart, Jack Harris, um, Ken Vivian, um, Schumann, Dick Schumann. All those guys were heroes of mine because they were, they mentored me uh-huh. free. And they just, you know, we got along. But I could always lean on them. So I, I owe the knowledge I have to them and all the guys that worked for me. Speaking of good guys, Thompson's Auto Repair, I told you about them. They're on Main Street, just east of Stapley. They're under construction right now because they're running that uh, light rail light rail right down the middle of the street. Kind of hard to get in and out of there, but Thompson's been around since 1970. Brian and Thelma own it. They're the second generation, and they're going to keep your vehicle in tip-top shape. They're really good at diagnostics, and they're really good people. So if you're in Mesa and you don't have a repair shop, may I suggest Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing. Another thing, too, is they're the only shop in Mesa that's passed the muster. Mark Salem has the sheet for the muster. So you've got to have so many years of experience. You've got to have a clean, better business bureau record, and you have to have good financials, and you have to have insurance. I make sure that you're protected as customers. So Thompson's is the only place that's applied that's passed. Now, there's some good shops in Mesa. Maybe they haven't applied. I don't know. Uh-huh. But Thompson has, has passed the musters. I've turned more than a few of them down for not having one of the requirements. The most common is is that they're brand new in business. I don't think you're really going to be good working on cars as an owner until you have five years. Right. <laughs> you're going to make all your mistakes and learn fast. Right. And, and sometimes it, you may not make it to five years. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's the guess right there. So I tell folks it's not a good idea to go for a big job to somebody who's only been in business a year because he may not be in business when you need warranty work. So that's the issue. Nevertheless, my email address is mark at marksalem.com. You're welcome to send me your uh, your your questions. If you would give me your phone number, sometimes I'd rather call you than type. So if you would include your phone number to mark at marksalem.com, um, I'd like to call you. Give me hours that you'd like to call me. In addition to that, I'm going to call you from a block number. And as soon as you answer, I'm going to say, this is Mark Salem, and so that you'll know not to hang up to me. I'll see you next Saturday. Hopefully we won't have phone 
problems. I'll see you then. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.